The passage that I believe God has led me to to share with you guys tonight is found in Ecclesiastes chapter 2, or like one of my childhood friends used to say, Ecclesiastes, like Gesundheit afterwards. So Ecclesiastes, or Ecclesiastes chapter 2, is the passage that God has led me to to share with you guys tonight in the series is Pearls for Pigs. Everybody say oink, oink. Much better, much better than last week. I'm impressed by the improvement. So we're learning to identify and confront the idols of our lives. And as we find ourselves in the book of Ecclesiastes, we see the author, King Solomon, battling an idol in his life. One that I've got a feeling will be all too familiar for our lives as well. That being the idol of entertainment. So as we enter into the text for tonight, Solomon is locked in this inner battle with the idol of entertainment. And his experience gives us some very practical insight of how this idol manifests itself as well as the pitfalls it produces. Are you ready for the word tonight? Are you ready for the word tonight? Touch somebody next to you and point to Ecclesiastes 2 and tell them check it out. Check it out. Ecclesiastes chapter 2, verse 1. God's word said, I said in my heart, come now, I will test you with pleasure. Enjoy yourself. But behold, this also was vanity. I said of laughter, it is mad. And of pleasure, what use is it? I searched with my heart how to cheer my body with wine. My heart still guiding me with wisdom and how to lay hold on folly till I might see what was good for the children of man to do under heaven during the few days of their life. I made great works. I built houses and planted vineyards for myself. I made myself gardens and parks and planted in them all kinds of fruit trees. I made myself pools from which to water the forest of growing trees. I bought male and female slaves and had slaves who were born in my house. I had also great possessions of herds and flocks, more than any who had been before me in Jerusalem. I also gathered for myself silver and gold and the treasure of kings and provinces. I got singers, both men and women, and many concubines, the delight of the sons of man. So I became great and surpassed all who were before me in Jerusalem. Also my wisdom remained with me, and whatever my eyes desired, I did not keep from them. I kept my heart from no pleasure, for my heart found pleasure in all my toil, and this was, what, and this was my reward for all my toil. Then I considered all that my hands had done and all the toil I had expended in doing it. And behold, all was vanity and a striving after wind. And there was nothing to be gained under the sun. The subject of our message tonight, we're going to call E-News. Because I know that God wants to give us some news pertaining to entertainments. People love to be entertained. And in many ways, in our culture... We demand to be entertained. And if you go back to the earliest centuries, you'll find the same to be true. People really enjoyed entertainment, and they always have. You can go back to the earliest days. You can go back to the days of kings and queens, and you can find in their court what they would call jesters. Anybody know what a jester is? The court fool, in other words. He was the guy that dressed up like the joker in your card deck. That was an actual position back in those days, and his sole job was to do what? To entertain the king and queen 
and their court. So he was a professional joke maker. Stand-up comedians is nothing new to the modern day. That was going on way back before any of us were here. It was an actual profession that they had even back then. You can look back in Rome and you'll find what? The Colosseum. A model of entertainment. A model of, of watching people compete in games. Gladiators battling each other. All for what? All for entertainment. You can go back and find this inception of the Olympics. All for what? Entertainment. So people could watch. So people could be entertained. So people could enjoy those things. Our modern day is no different. Entertainment still holds a high premium in our lives. I mean, Cedric the Entertainer made it a part of his stage name. We've built our own coliseums, too. They come in the form of athletic stadiums and arenas. I mean, even the title of my message is a play off an actual news outlet and TV channel that is based solely off of what? Entertainment. We, we crave entertainment in our lives. But my question is, has entertainment perhaps gotten too high? Does entertainment perhaps hold too high of a premium in our lives? What happens when entertainment of various forms becomes an idol that takes over our heart? Well, that's when it becomes dangerous, just like anything else. And so I want to show you a couple of things using Solomon's battle with his idol of entertainment and how when this is allowed to become an idol in your heart, the ways in which it becomes dangerous and the ways in which it can send us on a very slippery slope in our spirituality. When, idol, when an idol of entertainment sets itself up in your heart, one of the things that it will do is it will present enjoyment but it will leave you empty. An entertainment idol presents enjoyment, but it leaves you empty. Go back and look at verse 1 with me. Solomon says, I said in my heart, come now, I will test you with pleasure. Enjoy yourself. So at the very beginning of the chapter, Solomon decides to test his heart with pleasure, to test his heart with entertainment, in other words, with the purpose of finding enjoyment in it. That was his whole purpose and going after things that he thought would be entertainment was to find enjoyment in those things. He literally says to his heart, enjoy yourself. That's because entertainment revolves around enjoyment. Things that we don't find enjoyable, we don't find entertaining. Now, hear me say this before we go any further. Just like with achievement last week, there's nothing wrong with entertainment. <laughs> it's okay to have hobbies. It's okay to have things that entertain you. It's okay to do things that you enjoy doing. Why do you think that God gave us the ability to laugh and be amused? If entertainment wasn't okay, why would God give us those abilities to laugh and enjoy the things around us? 1 Timothy 6-7, as a matter of fact, tells us this, that God richly provides us with everything to enjoy. God is about enjoyment. He is about His people enjoying their lives here on this earth. How many of you think heaven is going to be full of enjoyment? I promise you, what's the opposite of, of entertainment or being filled with enjoyment? I think boredom. Is heaven going to be boredom? Probably not. God is about enjoyment he's about entertainment so don't think that it's necessarily a bad thing he gives us everything his word tells us he gives us everything to enjoy entertainment becomes a problem 
when we seek meaning in life through its pleasures without God. I think that's important. So I like to repeat things that are important. Entertainment becomes a problem when we seek meaning in life through its pleasures without God. Eighteen times in the eleven verses that we just read, Solomon says, I. Eighteen different times. He uses the pronoun I. I searched, I made, I bought, I had, I gathered, I got, I became, I experienced. My question is, where is God at in his entertainment? Blatantly absent. And so entertainment, just like any other idol that creeps into our lives, has the potential to steal our affection from God. Solomon is so wrapped up in his idol of entertainment that God is clearly absent from anything that he is doing. And the same will be true in our lives as well when we allow ourselves to be consumed with idols of entertainment. Once you allow yourselves to be immersed into those things, God will become obviously absent from the things that you're participating in. And when this happens, that's when the entertainment idol pulls the old bait and switch on us. It presents enjoyment, but it leaves you feeling empty. Solomon decided, I'll try and find meaning behind entertaining myself. So look at all the different things that he does. Look at all the different things that he tries to entertain himself with. He says, I'll try partying. I'll try living it up for a little bit. So he, he brings in comedians, man. He, he brings in like the Jerry Seinfelds of his day. And, and he laughs himself silly. While in the meantime, he, he's turning up the bottle in the back. And so he thinks, I'll find meaning. I'll find enjoyment. I'll find entertainment on the party scene. I'll find entertainment on the social scene. When that doesn't work, he moves to projects. He says, well, I, that didn't really get it for me, so let me move on to, from partying to projects. I'm going to build houses. So he builds houses. And then he builds, he builds vineyards, he plants gardens, and he tries to find meaning, he tries to find enjoyment in those things, he thinks they're entertaining. And then he digs out reservoirs, so he, he builds these big lakes so that he can water all his trees, so that he can water his vineyard, so that he can water his garden with it. So when partying didn't work, he moved to projects. That didn't work either. So after those two things didn't work, he moved on to performances. He said, I brought in a choir, men and women to sing, entertain me. I want to enjoy good music. How many of y'all like good music? Already you're getting nervous. You're like, I don't, I don't know, Trey. Like you got me thinking I've got idols already in my life and I'm scared to death. Is it okay to like music or not? I don't know. It's fine. Don't worry. It's fine. Solomon says, I'll bring in men and women. I'll have these choirs that entertain me. And, and then on top of that, you know, I went back and forth on whether or not to say this. But it's true. He brings the concubines in. Uh, the, the singing didn't necessarily satisfy Solomon, so he says, I'll get the strippers. And I know that sounds a little bit X-rated, and you're like, ooh, come on, Trey, you're preaching from the Bible. I know. That's where I got it. Solomon was a jacked up dude. But you know how this started? He had an entertainment idol. And you may think, well, I'll never get to that point. Well, it's got to start somewhere. 
Solomon says, I'll bring in, I'll bring in the strippers, man. He said, I, I didn't deny my heart any of the pleasures of man. Now, I'm not trying to be weird or anything, but a man's heart, apart from God, thinks that he will find entertainment and enjoyment in the club with the strippers. I'm just being honest. And so he says, I'll try this. But that didn't seem to work either. After a while, it seemed like he enjoyed these things. He thought that he did. In verse 10, he says, for my heart found pleasure in all my toil. So he says, for a little bit, this was enjoyable. For a little bit, I enjoyed the party scene. For a little bit, I enjoyed all the work that I put in to building houses and to building, building gardens and planting vineyards. For a little bit, I found enjoyment in, in the choirs. I found enjoyment in the club with the strippers. For a little while, I found enjoyment in those things. But ultimately, it led to emptiness. Verse 11, he says, Then I considered all that my hands had done and the toil that I had expended in doing it, and behold, all was vanity. You know what vanity means? Meaningless worthless, of no value. So he looks back on all these things that he thought he could entertain himself with and find enjoyment in, and he says the bottom line is, it was all worthless. The bottom line is, it was all meaningless. Vanity. It has no value. That's the bait and switch that I'm talking about with an entertainment idol. I thought I would enjoy it, but now I feel empty. I thought I would enjoy it. But now I feel empty. And I don't know what your entertainment idol is tonight. But I'm going to swing at a few and see if maybe we can't strike a nerve somewhere along the way. Maybe, maybe your idol is TV. Maybe more specifically, your idol is Netflix. Ding. I feel like we got one. Maybe you're like Solomon. Maybe you enjoy the social scene. Maybe you enjoy being at, being at all the local parties. Maybe that's entertaining for you. Maybe you find some enjoyment in that. I like, I like to be social. I like to hang out with people. There's nothing wrong with that until we elevate it to a place where it shouldn't go. So maybe, maybe your entertainment idol is the parties. Maybe your entertainment idol is music. Maybe you're just absolutely crazy about Taylor Swift. I don't know. Maybe you're obsessed with what she's doing every day of her life. Maybe, or maybe not, some of you guys in here currently follow Justin Bieber, but you wouldn't tell anybody that. I don't know. That's the thing about idols. We like to keep them secret. Maybe, maybe your idol's gaming. Uh, more specifically, Fortnite. I don't know. Maybe your idol's your phone. Maybe more specifically, social media. These things can be enjoyable but when they become God they will leave you empty bait switch every single time when we take entertainment to a level in which it isn't meant to be experienced but here's where this particular idol becomes very dangerous and ugly when it gets set up in our hearts the most scary thing about this that I found that I feel like God made known to me in the process of studying this message is that an entertainment idol promises life, but it actually takes life. Look in verse 10. And notice what Solomon says. He says, whatever my eyes desired, I did not keep from them. 
I kept my heart from no pleasure. This sounds like somebody who thinks that he is going to find life in the entertainment that he has provided for himself. Solomon thought he could find life through the enjoyment of entertainment, that through those things, satisfaction and fulfillment might possibly could be found. But at the end, he describes it as a striving or a chasing the wind. Any of you ever tried to catch wind before? Yesterday would have been a good day to try it. It was really windy yesterday. But just out of curiosity, has anybody ever tried to go outside and run down the wind? <laughs> probably not. You probably weird some people out. If you were running down the road and somebody asked you, what are you doing? Just trying to catch some wind, bro. Trying to stack up on it. Trying to get something stored up on my shelves. Trying to, trying to catch the wind. It's pointless. Hence the illustration that Solomon makes. All these things, trying to find enjoyment through entertainment, this is what I found. It's like chasing the wind. Completely ridiculous. Completely crazy. Absolutely impossible. Can't catch wind. Just like you can't find lasting satisfaction or fulfillment through entertainment. And Solomon found that there was nothing of lasting or permanent value or satisfaction to be gained through entertainment. It's really just a waste of time in some ways, which is really a waste of life. And here's the point that I'm getting to. This idol is taking life away. It's taking life away from us. Let me give you some numbers. The numbers tell us this, that around the world there are some 3 billion users of social media. And those 3 billion users spend on average 3 hours a day Scrolling and networking, three hours a day. The numbers tell us that the average person spends around five hours a day watching television. So now just between TV and social media, we've already added ourselves up to a full eight-hour workday. That's just two of them. The numbers tell us that people spend on average eight hours a week playing video games. And they also tell us that 1 in 10 kids could be classified as clinically addicted to them. Now, I thought the 8 hours a week was a little bit low, to be honest with you. So, I asked my good friend and bass player back here, Mr. Eric Cagle, who I know to be an avid gamer, how much time he thought he spent playing games a week prior to being married and prior to having a full-time job. And his estimation, and this is not to embarrass him by any means, because I promise, if I see one set of judgmental eyes look towards this man, I'm going to come off this platform with my belt and just whap, because I know there are some people in here that can relate to this. He estimated prior to work, prior to marriage, 28 hours a week. I think that's a more accurate depiction for you real gamers in the room. I got your back, bro. In general, you, you might not be you might not be a big gamer. You, you might not be a big Netflix person. 
I don't know, you might be one of those oddities in the modern day with no social media. And so you're not spending any time on those things. Regardless of that, studies tell us that people still spend five hours a day just on general leisure. Things that we enjoy. Things that entertain us. Listen, guys. Man, it's so crazy. This idol will steal your life away one Netflix series at a time. This idol will steal your life away one post at a time. This idol will steal your life away one Fortnite session at a time. When entertainment becomes your idol, you'll binge on Breaking Bad, but never binge on the Bible, which actually breaks bad. You'll spend hours... Some of y'all maybe are outdoorsmen like me. You like to hunt and fish. That can be an idol, entertainment, form of enjoyment. So maybe you're like me. You'll spend hours trying to catch a green fish, but never go out and fish for men. When entertainment becomes an idol in your life, maybe it's, maybe it's movies. Maybe you got some movie buffs in here. When, when entertainment becomes an idol in your life, you'll tell the entire storyline and plot of the Star Wars saga, but go blank trying to explain the storyline of the gospel to somebody. When entertainment becomes an idol in your life, you'll post about God, but never sit with God. I hear people say, well, Trey, God can use social media. I agree, he can. And he has used social media for his good and for his glory. I won't try to argue you on that. But I also know this, one day he will use Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Snapchat, and YouTube to show us just how much life we wasted. One of these days, God will use these forms of entertainment to show us that prayerlessness wasn't for a lack of time. One of these days, God will use all these forms of entertainment to show us that a lack of ministry, a lack of loving people, wasn't for a lack of time. And I'm not trying to be harsh. I'm not trying to be rude. I'm not trying to make you feel bad about your life by any means. Trust me, I feel bad considering these things and how much time I waste on them myself. I'm trying to get us to a point where we realize the desperate situation that we have created for ourselves by bowing down to these stupid things that Solomon described as vanity. not saying that you're a sinner for watching Netflix. <laughs> All right, please. The last thing that I want y'all to do is to leave this place and think, there goes my Netflix subscription. <laughs> the last thing that I want you to do is to leave this place if you're an outdoorsman like me and think, well, I guess I'll sell all my hunting gear and my fishing rods. Thank you, Trey. Feel real good about my life now. I'm not trying to get you to, to leave this place feeling bad about ever watching TV. I'm not trying to get you to leave this place and go out and delete all your social media accounts. I'm not trying to make you leave this place and feel bad about playing video games or watching movies or whatever it is that brings you enjoyment. I'm just asking you to consider if you have an idol. Because the news on entertainment is, if you allow it to become an idol, watch. 
it will leave you empty and lifeless every single time. And I'm pretty sure that Jesus Christ didn't endure the beatings, didn't endure the mocking, didn't endure the whippings, the scourging. I'm pretty sure that Jesus Christ didn't go to the cross and endure the nails in his hands, the nails in his feet, a thorn of crown, a crown of thorns pushed down on his head. I'm pretty sure Jesus did not endure all those things so that we could give our hearts away to what's vanity. But that's what idols do. Idols quite simply and effectively divide your heart. And that's why they're so dangerous. <laughs> I was driving to church this morning. Crazy thing. I got these shoes not too long ago. I don't know, what, just a couple of months ago? And I knew the risk when I got them. Just because of what color they are. And I'm not, I'm not big on tennis shoes. Like, I don't have 37 pairs to wear. I usually get one pair, and then my wife will force me to buy another pair because I will wear that one pair until they absolutely should not be worn anymore. And so we went and got these shoes, and I knew the risk when I bought them. I was like, man, they're really going to be hard to keep clean. And so sure enough, they started getting dirty. And so yesterday afternoon, I went home, and I thought, I didn't clean these things. So I found that you could use just some laundry detergent, a little bit of water, and a toothbrush to effectively clean your mesh shoes. So if you guys didn't get anything from the message tonight, maybe you learned a thing or two about going home and cleaning your shoes if you want to. So I sat down on the couch yesterday afternoon with my toothbrush and my water and my laundry detergent, and I began to scrub my shoes. And I got to admit, they're looking pretty good now. I was kind of proud of myself. My wife got home, I was like, look, I cleaned my shoes. That was the, that was the first thing I said when she came home. And I, hey, babe, happy to see you. No kiss or hug or anything like that. Glad you're home, but I cleaned my shoes. And they really are looking good. I spent a lot of time on it. And so on my way to church this morning, coming down Cloverdale Road across from Domino's, I don't know if y'all have paid attention or not, but there used to be a house right across the street there that they've demoed. And that's like this, this massive pit of red clay mud, dirt. And I noticed it the other day because one of the trucks had come out of there and it carried so much mud with it down the highway that I literally had to like change lanes because I thought those clumps would like blow out a tire if I ran over them. And so it's just this big nasty mud pit now and it rained the other day so it made it even worse. And I get in my truck and I'm driving to the church this morning. It's just your average Wednesday, driving right along, listening to Rick and Bubba. In the morning, like I, I do for the five-minute drive I have to church. And so I passed that area, and I just happened to glance over there. And God, it looks nasty. Like, they're standing water everywhere. And I'm like, man, that would be nasty. Like, look at that nasty stuff. You'd slip and slide all in that. This is like a sloppy mess. And after I got past it, I felt one of the strongest convictions from God that I can remember feeling in quite some time. And I felt it so impressed upon my heart that God wanted me to turn around and get out and walk through that mud. It's a true story. And I kept driving 
And y'all know how it is when God will speak something so clear to you, but you instantly start to act like you didn't hear it? It's like we spend so much of our lives asking God to speak to us, and then he does, and we're like, nah. <laughs> so I kept driving, and I was like, I mean, my heart started racing. It was that obvious to me that God was saying, go walk through that mud. And so I began to argue. I began to have this battle with God as I'm headed towards the church. And I can't get to the church quick enough at this point because then I hit the school zone. And it's 25 miles per hour. And so I slow down. I'm still battling with God. And I can still feel him telling me, Trey, you need to turn around and walk through that mud. And so I'm like, but God, I just cleaned my shoes. <laughs> like they're, they're white. Look how white they are. I, I can't go walk through that mud. I just clean them. That's, that mud is so nasty, as a matter of fact. God, do you know that's red clay? I'm talking to God about the mud as if he don't know what it is, like he didn't create it. I'm like, that's red clay mud. I will never get that off of my shoes if I go walking through it. But still, it just continued to persist. I want you to go back and walk through that mud, Trey. And I get in the church parking lot, and I sit in my truck, and I literally won't get out because I'm still doing battle with God right now about turning around and walking through the mud. And I'm like, God, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. I'm sorry, there's no way. It makes no sense for me to go back after I had just cleaned these shoes. It makes no sense for me to go back and walk through that mud. And he says, that's how I feel. That's how I feel when someone who I have washed white as snow turns around and gives their heart over to an idol. It's just like you walking through the mud all over again. And once again, I'll have to pick you up and I'll have to clean you off and make you pure again. Only for you to time and time again go back and find an idol to walk through. To commit a sin against me by dividing your heart giving yourself over to something that's vanity. It's just like you turn around and walking right through that mud in those shoes that you just cleaned. And man, it, I can't tell you how many times I've talked to people or taught lessons on idols and how nasty they make our lives, but in a way in which I have never appreciated before. I now understand in a brand new way how bad it hurts the heart of God when we turn around after he makes us white as snow through his son Jesus Christ and bow down to some idol, putting ourselves right back in the mud. You know where pigs like to be? In the mud. Guys, don't trade the pearl of gaining Christ for the pig of entertainment. Hey, this is Trey Mitchell, college and young adult pastor. I just wanted to say thank you for listening. It's our prayer that God uses these messages in a way that challenge and encourage you to live for his glory. If you've never placed your faith in Jesus as your savior, we would love to help you with making that decision. Just reach out to us through our webpage at underwoodbaptist.org. Be sure to check back in with us next week as we again encounter God through His Word here at Life.